आई कुडेंट डू दैट थोड़ा सा ब्लू और करो थोड़ा सा एक्टर का फ्रेम और बढ़ाओ थोड़ा और उसको ऊपर करो दे ऑपरेट ऑन फीलिंग आई वॉज ऑपरेटिंग ऑन फीडबैक is it that because i'm a woman you can't listen to me or just not used to the voice of a woman taking a decision talk okay please with rajesh and with asta hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of our podcast i'm thrilled to have an incredibly dynamic and multi-talented guest with us today she's a marketing and communication genius and an entrepreneur komal lath started true consult a pr agency 13 years ago with a team of 2 today they are a integrated marketing communications agency with a 35 member strong team with offices across india komal has won major industry awards including the 40 under 40 from score and 100 most influential global youth marketing professionals award apart from being an entrepreneur Komal is an investor and a visiting faculty at major business schools in India. Welcome to the podcast, Komal. Tell me, how did you start your journey? I know that your consult was started in 2010. What what made you think that you should be an entrepreneur? Uh, and you come from a, a business management background. So why why being an entrepreneur? Why not go uh, join a corporate? Uh, and build your career there and how did it start what were the challenges and you know there are, i know there are some very interesting stories of when you started and how you started so we would love to hear some of that too so thank you thanks uh, rajesh mitasa for having me on this um many questions posed in one so i i i'll take it as a simple question on when i started and where am i now um so i i started with uh, the business of pr and communications i think 21 years back it started with a simple idea that i needed to knock it at home when in college and make better use of uh, your summer holidays so on a random whim sent out my cv made it to some 10 companies fastest fingers first to responded one was closest home i literally said okay where i'd like to go for an interview and i think they were very encouraging and welcoming with a company called good relations india i think they wanted people and also smartness levels were at that time not very placid so let's say that it worked out as a win win for both uh, me not being at home and to they getting a smarter cookie to perhaps train groom and know what the future looks like so what started as a two month stint uh, grew into a work philosophy of uh, continuing that for two and a half years i did that alongside college i was studying media studies at that time at jehan some of the first clients that i understand in the world of marketing and pr were brands like akapier mtv axn um global uh, conglomerate so i i was suddenly exposed to a very very dizzying world of what makes it to the cut of what we see finally the back end of it at a very very young age of 18 um i was there till 20 was fantastic i don't think i had a reason in to leave there but i finished college and i needed something which sort of gave me a bigger canvas um joined a company called veshnavi uh, was the number one pr agency at that time and it's very coincidental my boss at good relations india uh, was the client at veshnavi she simply said kumar walk in for an interview uh, went through the round the uh, said okay join from tomorrow again no conversations on monies nothing i said okay i this is what i want to do it literally began like this but i'm very grateful to the mentors and the journey i've had uh, fantastic women bosses leaders uh, understood how things happen what are the things to do not to do and at no point at that time did there was an intention of uh, starting my own company or having those kind of ambitions 
was very content in working. I think there came a point wherein I would want to do my further studies, also explore a world outside of Bombay. Uh, but because I was so close to my mentor, Natasha, in uh, Vaishnavi, I continued working with her when I was also at MICA. So it was a beautiful, long relationship that continued post-MICA. I said, now this is the only time if I ever have to venture out and change industries, this would be it. Uh, took not a mistake. I'd say it took a learning curve and a leap of faith with film marketing. Did it for a year to know that what I didn't want to do. I couldn't do the thoda sa blue or karo, thoda sa actor ka frame or badao. Um, not for anything it's great for people who do it, it was just not for me i remember you know sir, there were some very very hilarious stories and uh, you know incidences when you were at uh, uh, with the, with the film marketing company epigram correct correct i was uh, struggling to recall the name of that company uh, what happened at epigram uh, if i may and uh, not going into getting into the details of it but why would i try and keep it yeah. diplomatic let me put yeah. it that way without taking names uh, it was interesting. I went with a growth mindset that, okay, I'm going to learn something new. And for me, film marketing was uh, not what I thought it was. So for me, film marketing was, wow. You're looking at the way Universal Studios, a Paramount Picture, Warner Brothers works. Uh, one of my earlier clients, I launched UTV back then in Good Relations. So I thought it's very structured. It's, it's extremely by the clock and things. Uh, and boy, I was wrong. Um <laughs> Not for anything else, because my day would start at 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. because brands worked then, uh, but 6 p.m. to 1 to 2 a.m. because actors worked then. So literally, the round-the-clock scenario was a bit uh, overwhelming in terms of the way it's done. Two, I think, I had some uh, very interesting stories, uh, which I'll not keep the names of. Let's say I was working on a campaign and uh, the actor that I had gone to meet to showcase our campaign creative suddenly went into think zone. His creative mindset and juices started flowing at 10 p.m. and he went into that zone till 2. I must have checked my nails, checked my nails, spoken to every family member that I didn't want to talk to, said hello to friends because I was wanting that person to get out of that zone and give me a yes or no of feedback. So I realized that it's a, they operate on feelings. I was operating on feedback. It's it's not as glamorous as it looks. Like working in a film marketing company is not as glamorous as, as they make it out to be. I think I was exposed to it too early. Since it's 18, I've been doing that with various celebrities. So that's sort of, I thought they'd come with that poise. But I think marketing is a very different volume. Now, of course, things have changed drastically. I'm talking 2008 to 2010, things were extremely different. They were just getting into what it is. There's no OTT existing. After that, when I started, it was purely on hate. It was the uh, recessionary period. 2008 was the Lehman Brothers uh, time. So instead of trying to now find a job and then fit in, do those things, um, I think it was uh, a lot of support from friends. More than anything, it never crossed my mind. They said that you have people asking you for this. You know communications. Um, you know what you can do, what could possibly go wrong, give it three months. I had enough savings for lasting exactly three months. So I said, okay, uh, you're so used to getting a stable paycheck home, right? So this sort of comes differently. And uh, I said, okay, let's begin. And so it literally started with us at a restaurant, drawing out the name on a tissue paper on a rainy night on July 7th. And uh, that's where it really incepted it. No idea where and what it's going to lead to. But uh, yeah, that's how it, the home business started into sprouting into what we are today. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a beautiful 13 years. So from that to now has been the journey. 
that's literally how it started with a lot of goodwill in people and uh, then lots of learnings on the way which i'm sure and now how big is you if you are in bombay delhi bangalore uh, we have I, physical I, offices in delhi and bombay with 27 yeah. people oh, largely wow. the clientele is international uh, nice work on a 70% international clientele basis 30% indian and uh, been very very good we we are stepping up uh, my scale up philosophy is a bit different we were the first ones to say you know what we don't need physical offices everywhere we can operate yeah. with feet on street when it happens we've also digitally far more um, ahead of the curve than most others because very technology open i may be a tech tard but i embrace technology to the word go and we have a global network of over 30 countries that we operate in so a lot of our international businesses come from recommendations through that network and it's been extremely satisfying so there are uh, the question is actually a two part question uh, the first part is that you know you've obviously had some good and some not so good experiences while you were working with uh, other people uh, okay so what what good things did you sort of bring into your uh, organization when you decided to sort of start out and what are the few things that you decided that you know you're never going to do and this this is an absolute non negotiable no no for you okay that's a very interesting question that and nobody's asked me that before so <laughs> i'm going to ponder and sort of answer on that so um, i think some of the good things that i have learned from my previous organizations in this is uh, your work has to be gold standard or nothing so both the places that i work with i think our men- my mentors were very very clear bad work doesn't leave your desk we do not uh, do or do not uh, sort of work on anything that will be substandard or that we won't endorse so it's okay if it takes a day more but it needs to be coming across with complete vigor so i think that was one of the things that stayed with us um some of the things that i won't do uh, here and it's a pass on maybe from other places is respecting time 7:30 pm is not half day it's a day done and you've done an hour extra so we don't um, sort of glamorize overwork we don't we actually say no to clients and people who will tell us that hey you need to work for us because we work in your style and i'm like we're not slaves thank you very much please find yourself other people so i think those are very very key learnings that we brought to the table of course we've learned it the hard way and no regrets there because i think work culture is very very important um you have to address people as people and not as commodities so those are just some little intrinsic differences uh, that we do interesting the second part of my question is that in the last 13 years of you know your stint as an entrepreneur has there been any day or maybe certain days where you really regretted becoming an entrepreneur and you've been like you know you know leave all this i just want to kind of stop all this and go back to working for someone else or or this is not meant for me have you had those bad days and tons what's that been like tons of them my friends have seen <laughs> me uh, collapse cry just uh, switch off do that i uh, of course there's a dark side to entrepreneurship which is not talked about or if it is um it's in the garb of like oh my god this is so good but you know they're bad days there are days where you get into a lot of questioning mode uh, there is a word for it it's called imposter syndrome imposter syndrome is extremely extremely high especially when you're entrepreneurs uh, because you know we're not in the industrial age where in that time you needed a job 
A, you're, you can be extremely self-sufficient. The gig economy is here to stay. Three, um, there is something for everyone to learn and skill. And uh, there are alternate ways of creating income. You're not relying on one. So uh, that nonchalant approach kicks in a lot with people when you build teams. I'd say a lot of the successful businesses or legacy businesses, as we call them, were built on the back of beautiful people. Today, when people have options and the younger generations entering the fort, the mid-segment, um, a lot of the legacy businesses themselves will have to find new ways to sustain because they don't know what the thought process is, the cancel culture, the quiet escapism. These are standard everywhere. Um, on the dark side of it, I think a lot of things that people question about are A, how do I land this? Because when you're in the agency side, in the business side, you are constantly thinking you're between the suit and the creative. You want to be creative too, but you also have to balance the money. But you have to balance the money. How do I get creativity? Because A, the person paying you is looking in a certain direction. So I think it boils down to very simple. I, instead of trying to chase both, I realize it's a game of people management. So worked on people skills and uh, it's working well now. So, you know, take, picking up from that, uh, from that point, uh, do you have some kind of hiring mantra? Is there, you know, do you have something in mind when you're talking to people to sort of have them come work with you that these are the kind, I'm, I'm looking for cause-driven or purpose-driven people or I'm just looking for people, you know, who are very aggressive and they're hustlers. Is there some, something that you look at, like these two or three things on your checklist? It's been a journey, I'll say, from uh, having a set question on what I want to ask to trial and error on things. Um, I'd say that I'd, I'd look at hiring in two ways. One is, what's your pedigree? Where your pedigree makes a huge difference where you're studying in from or what your family background is. It makes a huge sense because you carry emotional baggage or baggage to the place that you work or spend your time in. And two, I'll hire by, not by skill, but by a lot of bills. So um, my questions or my HR team is poised to ask questions that puts you in situations and how do you solve? So I would rather pick someone, skill can be developed, but if you have a solved mindset or a mindset to change and you're adaptable, uh, we, we pick people with that uh, willness, willfulness rather than the skill set that you come with. Uh, what are the challenges working with a young team, right? And you did touch upon the great resignation and, you know, cancel culture, etc. And uh, this generation is very different from the generation uh, that was uh, that was the millennial generation or the generation before that, right? And so they come with their own challenges. Could you touch upon some of those? Uh, and how do you, uh, how, what is your retaining mantra? I think money is a huge motivation for them. Uh, let's put that 80% of the motivation. Uh, when you say that they want growth, uh, I now take a step and say define growth because growth can be many things, right? It's extremely gray as a term. So money is a huge uh, sort of motivator for them and should be. Why not? Everybody's entitled to it. But uh, at what stage are you getting what? It's not, they, they somehow are not very embracing. They take feedback well, but what they process it after is a bit scary because they are not a generation who talk and voice. Uh, their, their first initiation on anything or learning initiation is with the thumb, which is scroll up, scroll down. So it's not where verbalizing it, which is the scary part. So what we do in those aspects is we try and maintain a one-on-one -on -one, um, with everybody. That's very, very important. Not that it solves 
um, the problem, but it will get you to 50% of the problem solution because they will open up if given a nurturing environment. I think a lot is to do with that. Two is that you give them avenues to give them avenues to exposure with people on the outside that makes them really think that what they're thinking is right is actually a tip of the iceberg. So now consciously people, even within two days of working or three days, we say there's a, you know, first six months you do this, then you do this. We now straight take them for meetings, et cetera. And we tell them they're interning with the learning with us. We don't know whether they will stay, but here's what it is. People look at you also very differently and they start knowing the exposure systems that what the reality check of life is. You have to navigate through that and that happens through conversations. And 50% of my day is only talking to my team. And I think from a longevity perspective, there was a time where I would think that why are people leaving? They're getting better opportunities everywhere. We can't match them. Um, I just accepted that we are a great training school and they were putting out some brilliant talent out there. Entrepreneurs really have the support system that a corporate leader would have. Just a case in point, because you're dealing with teams and you're dealing with clients. And uh, at the end of it, a lot of, and especially when it's a, it's a smaller setup, right? Uh, the buck stops at you. Uh, how do you, and this is more of a self question. How do you deal with uh, that, that, that part of it where, where you are alone or, you know, it's where, as they say that, you know, you're you are alone at the top, right? So how do you, as an entrepreneur, how do you manage that? Have an ecosystem outside of your work system, which is very, very critical. So I may be extremely close to members in my professional setup who I would have and bounce of ideas or problems with, but I would always have an ecosystem outside, not from my industry, who I would want to share and say, hey, what do you think about this? Is this in the direction that I'm thinking? Is this going to pave way or not? Uh, also, joining and being part of certain groups which are not connected immediately to your industry gives you a window onto how to manage situations. Um, and I think the toughest part of an entrepreneur is decision making. And their decisions to be made because you're constantly wearing different caps, small setup, big setup, managing client expectations, people, finance, HR, accounts. They are coming to you like there's a queue outside waiting for you to take decisions. You got to juggle between it very, very quickly and take those. Uh, and honestly, no, they don't care whether no matter how much empathy on what situation you may be at. Great. Great. And that gets to my other, the next question. Uh, one person that has been, or it could be multiple people uh, who have, who have been with you for 13 years and they've been your source of strength throughout. That's definitely outside of my uh, work, uh, but I would say uh, right now my strategy head, who uh, I started my career with 21 years back, three years back, I pulled her back and saying, come join me because I think we could do it together. Uh, my husband, of course, uh, Shubhoy has seen the journey and has been witness to, I think, my maximum uh, dark side uh, <laughs> viewing. <laughs> special seats there. <laughs> Dress the front row there. Yeah. absolutely sees there. If if you could go and speak to the Komal 21 years ago, if you could go back in 2004, 5, 3, whenever, right? And if you had to give an advice, now that you've gone through this journey, what would it be? Pick up financial clients and know your numbers better. <laughs> I've been a sitting duck on numbers. I just like go back and say, do that bloody math course. Get your numbers in order, pick up financial clients, then 
because then the world would move faster and of course embrace uh, technology not to part of the business but no tech like no no it yeah, i think yeah, that would yeah. be it so if i'm learning it now it's at a much slower speed than i would have had i my brain would have been adjusting to it much better then sorry and uh, what would your recommendation or what would you advise be to people who are just entering the uh, the industry and and in the workforce so more from a leadership perspective or more as a leader who's been working for the past 20 21 years mba is not a degree to success or a higher pay scale anymore it was then it is not now your experiences will be valued much more uh than that so by all means do it but not for a career change but for a for your own self three i think uh, please start reading and writing it's such a skill if you can't write you have no idea what you are not going to be able to do in the future uh, there's only so much tech can get you uh, human ingenuity is the word that bastardized right now holds certain value if you can't express in writing or know how to do that um it's going to be a huge challenge for you personally more than professionally yeah i just have uh, one question it's a sli- it's slightly off uh, tangent you know uh, uh you know there's a lot of chatter these days around women representation and uh, you know basically uh, being sensitive towards uh, women at the workplace or being appreciative of women at the workplace what's your take on that and how are you imbibing uh, you know those values in your workplace uh, because you're a woman entrepreneur yourself right? there is definitely a gender imbalance in um, in larger corporates in a larger organization uh, we have a huge gender imbalance we're an all women team uh, not that we're not looking for men they just don't last uh, so that's where <laughs> our, <laughs> that's where our goal has been they uh, just don't last <laughs> they don't <laughs> <laughs> so from a from a perspective of that uh, women anyway in the communication and media space tend to be at a higher number just because of the uh, skill sets maybe they bring in also there is a lot of yet improvement to be done uh, improvement from the panel uh, i mean from the aspect of for example when we go for meeting the way if there's a man sitting in the ceo's chair or the helm uh, where they can discuss where they can talk to you, they may not be doing the same for their male counterparts um they tend to overlook your opinion over others if there are eight men and one woman sitting i think it's upon us and we don't need men to depend on we need our own voice to call it out i've done that once in a meeting when somebody did that i actually told the person is it that because i'm a woman you can't listen to me or just not used to the voice of a woman taking a decision it's been drop silence and that's how it should be wow komal thanks for ending on such a powerful note it was really a pleasure to have you on this episode that brings us to the end of this episode thank you for listening in do like share and subscribe for updates on new episodes bye